And here it is. Now there are all Ireland champions for the third time. Welcome to this week's We Are Loud podcast. After a week off, we'll be previewing the Roscommon game, talking about the departures that have shocked and rocked the Loud panel, and we have a special Remember Me this week with the one and only Shane K. Curran. First up on this week's podcast is the chat and the impact the three departures are going to have on this on this loud squad and on the county as a whole. Um, so reported on Wednesday or Thursday morning, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was Thursday morning that uh, three boys have left: um, Colin McKeever, Paddy Riley, and Der- Declan Bourne. Um, it was reported on LMFM, they tweeted out on their LMFM radio tweet randomly. Um, so that, that went out there and it turned out that um, Declan Bourne, although he won't be available for the um, Roscommon game, he's still a part of the squad, he's just working on things off the field and getting getting himself right and what have you. Um, but the other two lads have walked off, They didn't. three of them weren't there for the challenge game against Dublin on Tuesday night. And they probably felt that they weren't getting a fair deal, and which was probably right because um, Conal and Paddy have been major parts of the the former reign of Colin Kelly. Paddy Riley was has been solid fullback since Aidan O'Rourke when he made his debut, and Colin McKeever's come in under Colin Kelly, and he's been he's been a big part player, not just a bit part player. He's been a big part player. And he's shown his form with the club, the clans, and the two of them will probably feel what's the story like. Paddy's been a, a, a unused sub for three games in the, in the league. He didn't play against Kildare and the Morn Cup. He played against Longford. That was it. Conal was a late, late replacement, last minute, 26th hour um, switch for Ryan Bourne. Who was injured for the down game, and he got taken off. Like he didn't. I don't think he was overly. Don't think he deserved to be taken off. He didn't do anything overly wrong, but um, that's it. So that's from their side of it. Pete McGrath will probably think that's fine. I don't think he's going to be. weren't going to be in my plans anyway. Would have liked to have his around, obviously, but it didn't look like he was part of Pete's plan. So the overall impact is not massive on the loud squad. Uh, well, on the loud team more so than the squad. Because it, it looked like the like a cut off and a severing of Colin Kerry, Colin Kelly's era really by 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 cutting off those two players. They're not fancied by McGrath, it appears. So they make way. They would have been a nice option. Although Colin McKeever wasn't on the bench against Cork, Paddy Riley was, and he like he would have been a nice option to have. But looking at the, looking at the players ahead of him, Emma Carroll has performed very well. Fergal who's performed very well, and it just it just means that uh, that they're, they're players that they're probably established 
and they, they've got a taste for first team football and they don't really want to hang around and, and and not that they don't want to hang around and fight for the place but they probably feel like I have earned, I've done my hard yards I've been a squad player for so long I've got up to the first team standard I've been a first team regular the past few years and then all of a sudden I've been dropped off I don't really want to commit to that so I'm going to pull myself out and opt out and it'll only be great for the clubs to get back to their, the clans and the brides um, so fair play to them it's a big step um, would it be nice to have them around but then if they didn't feel like they could, could contribute there's no point in having them around either it also with um, Paddy Shield and Cup and Kevin Mullen Shield this weekend as well the open round of that a couple of club players around if they perform but a defender on the forward gone off the panel it gives them a chance to put their hand up and maybe get in the squad for the first time someone might have been overlooked to put on put up a big score or someone plays very well in defence or in the middle of the field they could get drafted into the panel and then it also opens it up maybe to a recall could uh, Pete McGrath give a couple of the lads that left last year's panel a buzz and say how are you fixed to come back in now you've, you've had the winter off why not come back and get yourself back into the squad and maybe be ready for the latter end of the league games the likes of Pop Rat um, Adrian Reid, well Adrian's retired, Derek Crilly as well, a lot of those Amahanese lads, a lot of the Dreadnoughts players. Like there's no harm when you see Owen Laverty and uh, Conor Grimes rejoin the panel. There does seem to be an open door policy there with people grab. So that's it, that's the departures in a nutshell. Um, up next I'm gonna be picking my team for us common. I'm picking my team for the Roscommon game. Um, as I previously mentioned, um, my hand has been forced a little bit with the withdrawals of the players. Some of them would have been in the team and some of them wouldn't. But um, as you can see, it's going to take away a lot from the panel and maybe off the bench options as well. Um, my team to play Roscommon is kind of it's kind of going off the basis of the past three games, but more more recently the second half against Cork, where a lot of the lads made a really good impression, and uh, the week break to be even stronger again, fitness up, freshness in. So it's for, straightforward enough. Craig Lynch and goals. He had a terrific game against Cork. Uh, his kicking out was was bang on. Um, in the full back line, Emma Carlin. I think he's I think he's nailed on full back slot for the championship. The way he's going, the way he's performing. He marked Colin O'Neill very well. Who's a top player. He went down out Kevin O'Reilly. Um, and then in the first game, he, he, was fair, he had a fairly good game on Conary Harrison as well. By the last few minutes when it opened up, but you couldn't put it down to the the hands of the Newtown Blues man. Going alongside him, I would have Fergal Donahue, another Blues man, for his uh, for his debut game down in Cork. He was he was outstanding, really. To be honest, his man was taken off, which is always a good sign for a corner back when you're when your corner forward is subbed off in a debut away from home. And he didn't just shy away from just marking his man and keeping quiet and not not wanting to get involved. He did get involved. He got up the field. He contributed, making hand passes, making making plays. So he's there, and it's actually now you look at it if Kevin Carr who's um, playing who played for uh, well he's in the squad for NUIG in the Sigerson Cup final 
um, I'll have an update on him hopefully later on in the pod uh, if he was still about you could, you're you possibly looking at a whole near term Blues full back line for Loud um, which just shows the strength and depth the Blues have at the moment and all the youngsters coming through um, in the other corner I would I would do a bit of a swap uh, on, on the way the Loud defence is, is lining John Bingham has started every game corner back he was taken off the last day against Cork he's marking Mark Collins quite a good player but um, and Anthony Williams has played half back the whole the whole campaign and he's grown as the as the campaign has come on. I would nearly swap the two of them. Put Anthony Williams in corner back and put Sean Bingham out half back. Two of them have massive pair of lungs but Anthony Williams probably a little bit more tighter and John Bingham probably a little bit more suited to playing uh, in the half back line. So the two of them still deserve their places but maybe a slight switch would help our kind of defence a little bit better, you know. Um, Williams fairly tigerish in cornerback. Bingham has some pair of lungs. He'll get up and down the field no problem, and there'd be no issue in fitness out in that middle eight. So just a slight change might might just give us a little bit more tightness, a little bit more know-how in both ends of the field in going forward and in defence. Because Bingham, he's even got up, he, he got up to take a shot against Calvin, so he does get up the field even from cornerback. So it doesn't mean Williams would be tied in a cornerback either. But it just it might suit the two of them a little bit better. Uh, Williams is trying to find his feet at this Division 2 level and Bingham the same, but he's probably a little bit more suited out the field. Um, then centre-half is uh, James Stewart, who's uh, who's played there all last year for the Gales. He, he's always been kind of referenced as, why is James Stewart not playing centre-half allowed? Why is he not trying centre-half allowed? And finally, like I said in the last pod, he looks to be stumbling upon his team. Slowly but surely, he's figuring out the best players in, the, in their best position. And James Stewart, his performance against Cork just showed that, really. Solid, can drive up the field, can hold the middle, uh, can attack when he wants, can attack kick outs as well and he's comfortable there he plays there with the Gales he's played there a lot underage as well so it suits a solo running hard running hitting game so I'd have no complaints with him in centre half alongside him right half Owen Laverty came back to the panel at the same time as uh, Connor Grimes took him maybe a while to get into the into the reckoning but he came on against Cork and he was very assured very solid very tight as well good in possession you know what you're getting when you when you have a, a Pats player that's been that's been successful. He he he's well grounded and a really good footballer, and he has indicated experience as well. It's not like he's coming in out of the cold, like or in fresh. So he he, he slots in there. So that kind of tightens up the defence a little bit. Um, middle of the field. Tommy Dornan's fit. Tommy Dornan plays. It just showed him how important Tommy is to us now at the moment. In the middle of the field, he's actually becoming a really good midfielder, a Division Two midfielder. And he, he like he contributes both ends of the field as well. Gets back, puts in an awful lot of work, and can kick kick points as well. He'll be needed because Roscommon are fairly big around the middle. A lot of big men, big ignorant Connock men that um, will take a lot of pushing over the likes of uh, Tiger Rourke. I think his name is. Yeah, I think that's his name. He's, he'd be the bigger lad. And then there's Ian Kilbride from uh, the Bridgets as well. Uh, so Tommy would like to match up with him, and then. Alongside him, Bevan Duffy, who, like I said, that switch f- from centre half to midfield, he's just, he was like, like a pony being loud in the field. He was just raring to go, driving up the field. He didn't have the defensive responsibilities that he did have in the first few games. He's very powerful, and you need him there to break the lines up the field. And he works well with um, Tommy in the middle of the field as well. There's a bit of an understanding going, and there's a bit of a, bit of a different dyna- dynamism. Tommy's like, 
more kickouts, more aerial duels gets forward. Bevan played defence this year, he'll understand the defensive side, how the defence needs to be helped out, and he's powerful as well. So it's a good it's a good partnership to have really. And it, it enables Andy to play that forward a bit up the field. Um, I'd have Andy on the 40. Um, Jim's injured as well, so Jim's out along with those three departures. So you're looking at Andy on the 40. Andy was played on the wing against Cork, and he it didn't suit him at all. He needs to be in the take of the action. And when he did get in, when he did go in, in the middle of the field after 20 minutes for Conor Early, um, he was he was a different player. He was in the he was in the take of it, and he was he he'd much improved. He really drove us on the second half. So that's a fairly strong diamond around the middle of the field of James Stewart, Bevan, Tommy Dornan, and Andy. So I'd have no problems with that. Andy, Andy will. The more he plays in the forty, the more he'll find goals for us, and that's a big problem for us at the moment. Breaking the lines, finding goals. We are creating chances. A lot of them, like are, well, they're not even half chances. They're good chances, especially against Cork. But Andy in the forty gives us that chance to break the tackle, break a man, get an overlap, and get in behind. Um, either wing, Kieran Downey, another Blues man, and McSorley. Jared McSorley had a, he had a really big impact off the bench um, against Cork. It's funny when Wingsorley, he is such a good impact player with his pace and power on tired legs that sometimes you'd love to just hold him back and have him finish in the game. Like like if he was with if he was with Dublin he'd be coming on the last ten minutes and just boring everyone, a bit like Cormac Costello does. But unfortunately, like I said, the, the panel is a little bit more shallow now this year. And it look and he's in form. He deserves to start if he can start more games he 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 would look to bring a more consistent sixty minutes, not just a cameo like of the 10 minute or second half against Cork so I'd have McSorley on there and he, he he lead that pace because he'd be marking David Devaney more than likely or Conor Devaney who's the um, captain of Roscommon who's former forward and he likes to attack and he's pacey there as well the other wing Kieran Downey he's growing and he's finding his feet slowly but surely very good player very clever player um, from the Blues um, won an under 21 championship this year got the key goal for him to win it He's he's been key to the minor successes as well. He was very he was very much fundamental to the Blues winning the senior championship this year. Number of performances maybe playing inside and coming outside. But he, he likes to link up the play and the more he plays at this level, the more he's exposed to this level of football, the better he's going to be and the better allowed he's going to be as a result. Then inside I have Derek Maguire inside and sweeping. He's just he's he's an absolute revelation against Cork. He was just the heart and soul allowed. You could see that he was driving into tackles, he was driving forward, he was getting angry, he was getting into into the Cork players, he was getting loud players going, he um he really drove at them and that's what we need and that's what you need from a sweeper. It's not it's alright he just covering in front of the full back line. We we need to make ground and make pace from that in that middle toward of the field. And Derek Maguire does that. That that's what he does. You know, he has the power and pace, he's good on the ball, he's good in control, he keeps it well now and he's he's a great shot. He always had a good shot coming from deep and now that's one of our main main attacking threats not so much this year but he's trying to he's, tr- he's still finding it. he's kicked a couple of points against Darren in the opening game but Derek is key to us as sweeper and it just shows he really is a top player he's a division 2 player he's doing it at this level he's not just saying he's doing it or he has the potential to do it he's actually doing it on a losing team that's tough, but it just shows how how quality he he is playing at the moment, and how much of a quality footballer he is. Inside, then you're leaving two up top. Talking points the last day. Who who gets the nod? It's going to be a hard call to make. 
Grimes, Bornsey, Woods, three of them don't go into one just like the Calvin game. The way I look at it, um, Grimesy uh, was starting to find his feet, which and the players around him were trying to were finding him better with, with better ball in. So I, I'd like to start him on the edge of the square and given giving us a real platform in Drogheda, like a narrow pitch doesn't play that well but you boom a couple of balls in and he's used to playing in Drogheda with Tully Allen and with Loud even with under O'Rourke and that so it really tests the debutant well the debutant goalie Featherstone and the fullback John McManus that's where you really want to test Russ Common right in the heart of the defence in the fullback line Bournsey has the potential to do it like like I said the more games the lads are playing, the more they're getting used to this level and the better they're performing. So, Grimesy is one of them. And Bornsey as well. Bornsey had a really good game from play. Well, from freeze as well. But from play, he was especially lively. He was taking on his man. He was winning an awful lot of ball. I would have him in. I'd say he wasn't too happy to be taken off. But if he understands now that Woods is there to come on from, it might push his performance levels even further. And it might actually help... That if he knows he's only 40 minutes, he gives that, that 40 minutes and then William Woods comes in and finishes the game for Loud. He had a, he had a really good game in Drogheda against Down, so it might suit him as well. And then you're not losing anything free-taking-wise either. Bornsey and uh, Woods, like, they're nearly neck-and-neck with the accuracy. So that'll be my team. Uh, it, it was shallow with bench options. It will probably more than likely... Um, most people around the county's team, bar maybe a couple of switches or maybe Woods gets in or a couple of lads come in off the wing, uh, come in onto the wing, the likes of um, James Butler or um, Darren Marks, a couple of other chaps like that. But uh, it's still a good enough team. It still has the potential to beat Roscommon. It's hard, full of hard running. It's fit. It's lively. It'll create goals. Very strong around the middle toward. Um, Andy's pushed up the field Stewart's in a more comfortable position at centre half and the the Blues boys are, are really playing well in the full back line so all in all Connor Early as well that's another man who, who uh, started the last day he could come into the wing he could, he could play full forward he does it very well for the Plunkets or he just goes in the middle of the field if Tommy's not fit um, so that's my loud team let me know what you think you think there should, should be someone in there or there shouldn't be that switch I wouldn't do it that way let me know that we are loud on Twitter just a bit of an update earlier I said uh, Kevin Carrot and UIG they were unfortunately beaten in the Sigurdsson Cup final by UCD and no loud men on that panel either and also an update um, Ross Common won the uh, FPD League, similar to like the Sheeland Cup or the Oborn Cup in the Intercounty for uh, Connacht. They beat the, probably the informed team in Ireland, worryingly, they beat Galway. So that's a bit worrying. And looking at their team, the Mortars all played well. And Cahill Craig made his uh, first. Cahill Craig made his first start of the year. Really powerful player. Was very good in uh, against Loud and Drogheda. I think in 2010. So um, worrying signs ahead. But um, up next we have Remember Me with Shane Curran.
I'm delighted to have on the We Are Loud podcast, uh, the one and only Shane Cohen, former Ross Common goalkeeper and captain. Um, Shane, thanks a lot for coming on. I suppose we get straight into it, and the reason I have you on is um, to qualify a game Loud and Ross Common in Drogheda, uh, 2005. Um, you were coming into it, you were a good side, and we were winning by a point in the last few minutes. and. This goalkeeper, for us common, grabs the ball and solos the solos up the field. You were the goalkeeper that day. Do you want to take over from here and tell us what happened? Not really. No, we got beaten. I think that's the memory I have from it then. But uh, yeah, look at it think um, it was it was uh, make or break for us really. We we um, we we uh, been under pressure that championship after having really took the runs previous year, getting beaten by Dublin in the last twelve and. The, Year previous by Kerry and another quarterfinal, and we were just coming back. And I was supposed to, yeah, in 2005, was a bit of a downer for us. And um, we struggled in the championship, in the college championship. We may all beat us, and we uh, qualified again. Then with Loud, was a make or break game. And um, we were playing down last minute and scored 1 1, I think, in the championship before and uh, the year before against uh, Sligo. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Get a free, win a free against Louth to sneak away, take a extra time on the day. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, I remember trying to turn for out of the goal and, and, and the feed opening up, and then Louth sort of clipping me over the, over the head and uh, taking the head off me. I got, I got a soft free, to be fair, but um, I missed the resulting kick by, by, by a, a little few inches and now progressed in the, in the, uh, in the game and went on, went on in the championship. And, for me, actually, it was bittersweet because it was the last time I actually, I actually played for a common. So um, yes. uh, that's my memories. I actually have other memories of of, of being up in Oriel Park as well, and not been too, not too far from the ground, and and playing up there as well uh, on, on numerous occasions. Did you did you, town against, against did, did you play in United Park? I didn't need. I didn't need. Yeah. yeah, I didn't need. Uh, and Oriel Park. Um, so, oh, United Park was draw. It wasn't as um, there. Yeah, draw yeah. in and in. in uh, up there is the United. Well, I think it's right behind the GA ground there from memory. Yeah, the goal you're coming out of that weekend is the is the is the draw of the United End. United yeah, Park yeah. End. yeah, yeah, from memories up there playing with that own town back in the day, and, and uh, yeah, a couple of enjoyable results and and, and that. So um, yeah, I always enjoyed the trip up up to the Wee County, and the people always were were very nice and, and very welcoming when we when we go up and very hospitable. Uh, but on that particular day, it was, it was loud day and. Um, Unfortunately for me, it was the end of my career. I think I think you're doing yourself a disservice there, Shane. Or else, as a young fella um, watching back then, I suppose it was the nearest thing to the WWF. A lad from Cullen, like myself, seeing the the drama. You 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 had the whole you had the whole crowd in the palm of your hand when you won that free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Look at the, um, I, I was fortunate enough. I suppose um, I played outfield too. And yeah, uh, yeah. For a number of years, and it was only in my late twenties I went back into goal, and I've been a, a League of Ireland soccer goalkeeper for a number of years as well. So um, I, I kind of, I suppose, I had the mixed skill set of, of playing outfield and being able to play in goal as well. Was it was was a bonus, and um, you know, I suppose you know, looking back on it, um, my career with with Roscommon was was uh, fractured at times because of the soccer. Over the years I didn't play because of soccer and one thing and another, but certainly from from two thousand on. 
um, which was, was very enjoyable for the five or six years, and I would have liked to continue it on for a number of years more, but that wasn't to me. And, and um, I, I could concentrate on my club career, and I went on obviously to play till I was 40, 44, I think, with Bridget, and, and uh, luckily enough to enjoy some success. But look, the game is all about enjoyment, and, and um, I suppose meeting supporters and having a couple of pints after yeah, a match, yeah. and uh, a bit of a chat, and maybe something, something that we're losing at the moment. But um, that, that's the way it is, I suppose, you can't stop progress either. But I, I really enjoyed that, um, the fact that you kissed the ball, you took the top off, and you got the whole crowd into a frenzy. And it was only a couple of years later, I read that there was meta to your madness. Um, the, the plan was, when you whipped off the jersey, after you, equalized, after you thought you were going to equalise the free kick, you you grab the jersey and you throw it into the travelling Roscommon fans and it would galvanise us for extra time. I thought that was brilliant, you know, that you actually had that foresight. And even belief in yourself that you were going to kick that leveller. Yeah, regretfully, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the plan wins win, win, win the plan, but the most important part of it was kicking it over the bar and, and I missed it from, I think, narrowly from about 55 yards out. Was, um, and yeah, yeah. Was the, the, the week, the, the year previously, it salted over the bar and... and uh, but that's football, and, and look, I played when I played, I played on the edge, and, and um, that's really how I, I suppose, like a lot of players, you know, you play on the edge, you get your best performances, and um, that was the way for me when I played, um, you, you gave it everything while you could, but after the game was over, you, you'd, you know, shake the hands, I remember Colin Kelly, I think, playing for loud as well, and yeah. you'd shake the lad's hands, and you'd, you'd, you'd get on with it, and you'd go for a jar after the game, and then... Uh, enjoy supporters and enjoy the crack and um, unfortunately losing the championship match you'd, you'd want to wallow in self-pity and, and we did that as well indeed and had many a many a chat uh, over a jar after it and, and, and you know you just wonder sometimes um, could you do anything different and you know life is, is, um, is full of you when you're looking back it can be full of regrets but for me uh, I had a great great time playing the game and Really enjoyed it and let loads, hundreds of thousands of people yeah, up and down yeah. the country for soccer and gear, like, and that's really what's about, you know. Um, like you're saying there, you said a really good team in 2000, uh, those early 2000s. The likes of Francie Grahan, Carl Mannion was coming on the scene, Seamus O'Neill, we'll all remember Seamus O'Neill on the TV, national television, grabbing the ball out of the air one hand. Um, and then your good forwards like Jer Heenigan. Uh, Gary Deneen, or Nigel Deneen, was it? Um, Nigel Deneen, Frankie Dolan, Stephen Gary Cox, Lohan. you know, so we Stephen yeah. Lohan, Eddie Lohan, yeah, all them lads, you know, Jerry, yeah. So it was a massive scalp for us at the time to, to get over, we were at a wee bit of a low ebb, so it was great to get over, and, and I suppose you're you're working with Bridget's now, you, you're managing Podrick Pierce's, you're, you're that, is this current... Ross Common team as good as back then or is it is it better? Um well, look I I don't like to, to, to maybe draw comparisons between areas because um you know um it's unfair maybe but I, I think the current team um certainly have, have uh, you know there's some very, very good players. Uh sure they're better or, or worse than what, what that team was in the early two thousands but um they probably need to, to, to have a few characters within the team that can can bring them through uh, really big games and um, learn how to win these games um, on a, on a consistent basis. Last year uh, really was it was a was, was a great year in terms of it was it, it, it had highs and lows. The league was was obviously low, kind of championship was a high, and, and then we finished really um, on a low against Mayo and yeah. 
Um, I think Kevin has probably struggled to, to, to maybe get the squad up to up to the pace of, of the league so far. We, we've had really three poor results. Um, Notwithstanding Mead, you know, we should have beaten Mead at home over five, six points up and, and really going well in that. We fell asunder in the first in the last ten minutes, and it was a role reversal the following week against Tipperary. We, we yeah. were we were way behind and playing poorly, and six points down, come back and salvage the game. And then last week against against um, against Down was was a poor performance, and then away from that, and uh, at the moment we're, we're kind of struggling for for consistency, but. There are a number of players out as well, which aren't help, isn't helping our cause. You know, um, Ronan and Brian Stack are both out. Brian uh, Ernie's out again now this weekend. Okay. Um, so there are there are issues, but the, the, what they are is they're a, <clears throat> they're a very good uh, they're a very committed group of players. Um, I, 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 I I think I say for every uh, county now, I you know really admire uh, the, the the work that they put into their game and the work that they put in. Uh, to, to being the best that they can be, um, and try, try and be uh, get the best for themselves. You know, not everybody can be the coach Cooper or Bernard Brogan or um, whatever it may be, uh, but you can be the best you can be, and you you have your own ambitions, and and you want to, I suppose, um, get, get you know just be the best you can, uh, whether that's whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It takes a, it takes an awful an awful commitment and. Uh, I really admire the players that are going at now in your county level because it's it's interesting, continuous, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any break into it. It's going from one. It's like the hamster going round in a wheel, you know. Especially when you look at a lot of your good young players that all came through at the the same time. They'd be a very high profile Sigerson Cup players, you know, the likes of the Dailies yeah. and. Um, the Smiths at the moment as well, like t- top yeah. college players. Is that maybe why he's so inconsistent? He's so many good players coming through at the one time. Yeah, and, and, and look, there's, there's so much to do as well. And, and like, the, the whole yeah. area of, of travelling around the country and the whole area of getting to train, and, and it, it's a kind of a psychological drain really on the players. You, know, you do so much training, but then there's little or no time for rest. And it's very, very difficult to get players to, to to perform at their optimum level on a regular basis. Um, so you have to have downtimes in the season, you have to have times in the season when players just won't be at their best and then you've got to re- recognise and realise that that will happen and try and work through that uh, to comfort them, I suppose, and to give them the confidence that, you know, the, in the summer when, when you really want them like a, like, a, like a fine harp or a guitar that the yeah, strings yeah. are all there and they're able to perform and, and, and um, that's that's the, kid, the, the hard part for counties like ourselves Louds, Westmead, Offaly are trying to get into the next tier, trying to get up into the Super 8 kind of thing or you know into the top 7, 8, 9, 10 teams, it's difficult and, and the gap is widening between unfortunately those that have and those that have not Yeah, absolutely I suppose one thing though, you, 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 I would love to know your secret. You are, are producing a lot of good players, you know, where and, and you would, like you said, you'd be producing a lot more players than the likes of ourselves, Westmead, and all those counties like Offaly in that middle tier. So, what's your secret? Well, I, I don't, I think the secret is to it, and I look at that. I think sometimes, you know, it's notional at times that we, we are producing really good players. We're producing. 
a certain level of player. Um, uh, yeah. And, and we're, we're producing players that are, are, yes, to be fair, we're able to compete for a small county in Division 1-2 at the moment. Um, however, you know, you always get peaks and troughs. There's always little, little tops of the pyramid that, that clubs can get to or counties can get to with a certain cohort. But it's to keep consistently getting there. It's to keep building on that difficult part for the likes of Scotland and it's down to resources there's no there's no other question about that it's down to resources they need your players that are uh, you know you need to be coached at underage level we've really got a good structure in place in terms of coaching okay. which is, has stood us in good stead but more should be done and more needs to be done but regretfully and unfortunately the resources aren't coming from Crow Park into the smaller counties to help us build up that that um, foundation and base of player that we need to consistently come along, and you know we're fortunate enough. We have a few at the moment, you know, very good. We have a terrific under 17, under 18. Uh, I'm managing the county under 20 side um, development side, um, that that take on in, in April, and it, it's all positive. But we we try we, we try you know small county. We, we want to do a little bit more and more ambitious, and I don't think those ambitions should be taken away from us just because we're under resourced. We should be resourced better, and that's something for Crow Park to look at uh, for all the weaker counties. Like it's absolutely no excuses, and I suppose the one big gripe we have, and I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Um, the actual we we don't have a county ground. I know you just give out about the hide and the the sod and the hide, but um, the the draw the Gaelic grounds was probably in better condition when you played there um, thirteen years ago than it is today. You know. Yeah, and again, that that just goes to show you, though, uh, you know, the inertia yeah, there is in, in, in looking after counties, uh, the weaker counties, you know. Pro um, Park really should be stepping up to the mark there, in my view. Uh, and they should be funding counties and resourcing counties properly. You know, we talk about county grounds, and I'm not too sure we're looking at Hyde Park, but anyhow, that's either here, that's another story. Well, come and talk to the man, you say. It's there, and look at the pitch, there's been great work done on the pitch last year, but that only came to pass because uh, we couldn't play National League games, we had to go to Leitrim to play National League games, and that's the only reason we have a, a decent pitch now. Um, we don't have a decent ground uh, in terms of facilities. We don't, for example, have, have a, a training academy for our underage sides and um, county team. Uh, are forced like they're like they're like nomads going around the place trying to find right. uh, places to train, which is not ideal either. And you know, if you ask in Dublin players where they're training every weekend, they know. If you ask the Cork, Kerry, Mayo players, they know every weekend where they're training. Um, common don't know where they're training, and that that puts its own pressures on players as well because they can't get schedules together, and it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. And and um, I think it's. I've always said this. You know, if the, if the GA pull together, a lot of the grounds that they have, or non-syndical having a lot of them, uh, have, have regional grounds and regional bases and regional areas. Yeah. Uh, for those, maybe, you know, can't, it can't be justified far. But I think every county should have a county ground and, 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 and be, be able to play their home games there at a county ground in league football and championship football at any stage. I suppose getting to the game ahead next Sunday, um, you'd be fairly confident of... Um, Pick, picking up four or two points to push on for promotion? I, I think you've been a bit disingenuous there, Dan. I, I think <laughs> those are favourites to win the game next next, uh, next Sunday. So um, <laughs> I'm not so sure where you're coming from there. But look at... Um, I, I, I understand and I know where it's, what it's like. You know, you, you know, teams like Loud are trying to get where, where Roscommon are. And we were 
was not so long ago that we were we were struggling, and you could still end up in struggling again because, um, you know, it, it, if you're down two or three players for one reason or another, small counties can't can't afford to be without them, and and we're really at that stage at the moment. And look at where we're struggling ourselves. You know, we uh, Tipperary really should have beaten us out the gate. They were seven eight points up, and down who we've beaten consistently over the last six or seven years in, in Division Two, in Division Three, two and one. Uh, beat us comprehensively last week. So the challenge is for us, and um, it may not be a bad time for all now to get Roscommon, funnily enough. Uh, I think we just have to respect as well, you know, teams like Loud and, and, and know that they're capable as well of putting in a big performance any time at home, nearly any And we see a lot of different uh, results in the league that teams are, are capable of putting up, putting up um, you know, scores and, and winning matches. You know, so there's no, Roscommon for Roscommon, there's no, no need for Roscommon to be going there thinking that it could be a walkover uh, in, in any in any respect. And, you know, I think, you know, around the country, people look at Roscommon as a team that's making progress. We are, but we're very fortunate as well that we are in, we are in Connacht. Um, and a small province, a small draw, once every so often we have the chance uh, to give our supporters a lift by winning the Connacht Championship. Yeah, yeah. And that's hugely important, you know, it gives everybody a lift, it gives the coaches, it gives the supporters, it gives, it gives the management of the senior team, sponsors, everybody. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Loud, it's a lot difficult, it's a lot more difficult for Loud to compete in Leinster as we know. And, and I think there has to be respect for, 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 for those GA fraternities as well that, um, Unfortunately, can't see the big, can't get the big days. Maybe like we do as a small county now and again. Brilliant, brilliant, Shane. I could talk to you all day about football. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way it is, Daniel. Also, uh, yeah, we, we um, it's a big challenges, but that's life. Yeah. So, th- thanks very much for your time. Um, you're a great mind. You're a great goalkeeper, and you're a great, great man for the drama. I really enjoyed 2005. I have to say, and I enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> Thank you, thanks Shane. have it i hope you enjoyed this week's show and um, plenty in there shane Corn, great value still remember that moment well um, he really didn't do himself justice there it was absolute the- theatrics uh, i'll never ever forget it driving up the field gets fouled takes the takes the free himself but before that kisses the ball a couple of times really dramatically and then whips off the jersey has a couple he's a couple of layers underneath like he said whips it off big yellow top throws the jersey in the ground and kicks it wide and we were only loving it as they advanced to boom and dear him after he misses and it was a great win for Laird in the day as well 2005 was a big year it wasn't a big year but it was a big result to get and hopefully this Sunday uh, hopefully you've enjoyed my team hopefully this Sunday we get the win I should have a Talking Points podcast Sunday night after the game, if not Monday morning, look out for it on your um, iTunes account 
or on SoundCloud at We Are Loud and follow on Twitter all week at We Are Loud and on Facebook We Are Loud as well and Loud and Proud as well. So thanks very much for listening and I'll chat to you all soon.